But it's ultimately like, look, we all have relationships. And I don't just mean romantic relationships. It's anything, you know, relationships with our kids or being a kid. Like everyone is that relationship, whether your parents around or not, you're still somebody's kid. And that relationship means something to you. Um, you know, step siblings, siblings, uh, romantic or ex romantic relationships, whether you're married or not, coworkers, your boss, your subordinates, uh, even just driving down the street, other drivers around you, you know, going to a store and the person checking you out, or, you know, how, how do they treat you? These are all relationships and they influence how we experience life. And a lot of us struggle with them. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness. It's more than a decision, it's a lifestyle. But first, in many cases, it's a complete mind shift, and it's not something that happens overnight. That's why it's so important to hang out, get into mastermind groups, get on the podcast, read the books about people who are, in fact, living a life of abundance and somehow paying it forward and sharing their ups and downs, not just the wins. Because we learn much more from the kick in the gut moment, those moments of adversity, than we do the wins. Yes, we'll learn from the wins, no doubt about it. But we learn so much more, we become so much more when we face adversity and overcome it. We become much stronger physically and mentally. Now, of course, you can tell based on the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about strengthening relationships, not just personal relationships, but professional relationships as well. And as you know, if you've listened to at least one of the episodes of Men of Abundance, you know we get much more into many of the topics, mostly because I just go off on a tangent. This conversation is absolutely no different. Nonetheless, I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. And you know as well as I do, others are going to need to hear this conversation as well. Well, so be abundant in your actions today, pay it forward, and share men of abundance with others. And if you would be so kind, and if you're up to it, then go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. It means so much for the life of this show, but more than that, it lets other people find men of abundance. It gets all of these amazing conversations out there so others can enjoy and benefit from all the wisdom. Those who find it will greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it and all of our past and future guests greatly appreciate it. Now, our featured guest today is a repeat guest because he's just that awesome. He is the best-selling author, professional speaker, and life coach. He's also a C-level executive and part of several startups. He's committed to helping people overcome and achieve in their lives after overcoming his own challenges. His first best-selling book, Do a Day, teaches his approach to overcoming what stands in our way in life. His latest book, The 50-75-100 Solution, Build Better Relationships, helps people see their power to make their relationships healthier and happier in business, in their family, and in life overall. 
He has spoken at TEDx events. He has written articles for many major publications like Inc. Magazine, the Chicago Tribune, and LA Times. He's transformed his life inside and out, and he's here today to share how with you. Be sure to visit his website at brianfalchuk.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N-F-A-L-C-H-U-K.com. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to once again introduce you to Brian Falchuk. Brian, welcome back to Men of Abundance, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's awesome to be back. I've been hoping to reconnect with you for a while, so I like the excuse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's been a long time. You know what? It's been, uh, you know, I'm looking at it was episode uh, 161. So menofabundance.com slash 161. (laughs) For those of you who want to go back and check out our first conversation, which was really cool. Um, talking about do a day, which yeah. I love the concept. I'm not going to spoil it. You guys go back and listen to that. But that was on January 18th, 2018, brother. Oh my god, it's almost two years now. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's when this that posted anyway. Yeah, so yeah. we actually talked even a month or so before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, and we've been connecting, bouncing back and forth off each other, running into each other in various groups on Facebook and stuff like that. And just kind of checking out what each other is doing. And now you got a new book coming out, man, or is already out. So yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted to have a conversation with you and get you back on and have a conversation about that. But what's new? What's been going on? Um, got a lot. A lot has changed since we talked last time. I mean, it was still really early for me in the whole book and writing and stuff journey. Um, so yeah, things have just grown. Like I've been, you know, doing a lot of talking and uh, or speaking, I should say. Like, yeah, I'm always doing a lot of talking. Just ask my wife. But uh, yeah, yeah, just get, getting the message out. And since since we talked, and this is one of the things we kept trying to connect about, was uh, I launched a podcast based on Do a Day that's all about, you know, Do a Day is my story and the lessons I learned coming out of my story uh, and living, you know, in my story. And then the show is other people that have a story, that have a lesson, that have growth that they brought out of something that, you know, a lot of people might be in the midst of and say, well, you know, how do you grow in this? I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who've, uh, I just, uh, just, um, what's today? Wednesday, I guess we're recording this. Uh, yesterday, I released an episode with a woman whose husband was murdered, uh, in cold blood. They never caught the guy when they had a two year old kid. And, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you live through that? How do you come through that? And, um, God, you know, I, I know you have a lot of dads who listen to the show. Mm-hmm. So like, just put yourself in that kind of position, um, Think about what your kid's going through and, and how do you go through your own grief and show up for your child and help them through theirs for life. So it's deep stuff. And um, that's why I want to have you on. So we're recording that soon. That's going to happen. Yeah, I'm looking right? forward to that. We talked about it for a while. Yeah. I want to yeah. get into your story more. But that's that's been me. And, and the whole time, um, you know, also working on book number two, which frankly took a lot longer than book number one. It's different. <laughs> a lot more um, a lot more research went into yeah. it, whereas the first one just kind of came straight from my heart in a way I've been living. And this was like, well, I got to grow and learn to bring this one out. So that's been keeping me busy for a couple of years. Yeah, those conversations, man, every time I get into that kick in the gut moment, sometimes I know the story, uh, yeah. not every single time. And some of them just, I mean, some of them have actually taken me to tears or on the verge of tears. Yeah, and yeah. Some of them give me anxiety, quite frankly. <laughs> but yeah. it's important, guys, to you know, to, to experience that through somebody else's life. And as a trained um, 
Master Resiliency Trainer to teach people how to be resilient, for, especially for those who have not been through significant emotional events. Mm-hmm. Your mind literally knows no difference between imagination and reality. So you can put yourself yeah. into those situations. That's why we like those stories like that. And then you think, well, how would I react? And you yeah. like to think you would react that way, but you really don't know until you're in that situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think for all of us, whether each story that we hear from someone else resonates directly or not, it forces you to think. And and like you're saying, like that's an exercise you can choose to do. And putting mm-hmm. your mind in that kind of um, thought process, decision-making behavior, it forces introspection. And that's how we grow. And that's why I love this stuff. Like even if, you know, I'm never going to lose my husband because I'm not married to a man. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so I, I could be like, oh, well, that, you know, I don't have a two-year-old anymore. I don't this, I don't that, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the situation might be, or someone who's like suffering with drug addiction is like, well, I don't use, you know, so that's not, that's not me. I, I can't identify with it. Well, there are aspects of what they're going through that I promise you, if you really pause and dig, you're going to find something that connects and you're going to grow through that. But yeah. you know, that that's why I listen to these things. And yeah, it's hard sometimes as a host. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's somewhere I purposely, I know enough to know I want them on the show and I won't go into the detail because I kind of want to get it raw sometimes. But then I'm like, I'm sitting there speechless and I'm supposed to be running the show. So there's, <laughs> there's some tough, I just had that the other day and I was like, oh, pull it together, man. You got to say something. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, I got a specific question for you here in just a minute that I personally experienced. But before we do, I want to back up real quick because I like to start out every conversation with an attitude of gratitude. We're already off, off you know, off the <laughs> normal beaten path because you're a second time guest. But share yeah. with us, what are you grateful for today, Brian? Um, I Well, I mean, it, it sounds cheesy maybe, but I am really just grateful to connect with you live. Like we've traded emails again, but um it's just nice to get to, re- you know, we, we kind of hit it off and, and I felt this connection with you and listening to your show and listening to you on a bunch of other shows. Um, so I am in this very moment. I'm really thankful for that. Um, bigger picture. I, uh, I'm staring at the proof of my next book. That's something that there were moments I wasn't sure I was going to get here. Like it, it was quite a struggle at different points. And, um, I had so much else going on that I cared about that. It was like, maybe I'm forcing this and I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, and I believed in it. I believe in the message. And so to be able to look at it manifested, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that because now it's real and I have a release date and all that. So it's like, I'm not backing out anymore. It feels good, man. That's super exciting. Yeah. So that, that's amazing. You know, the book is like a child. I mean, I yeah. got my book, my one book sitting here. I've got two more that are in my head. Some of it's on, screen i would say on paper but i've been typing it out yeah <laughs> it's in electrons and digits um in various chapters it's all over the darn place and one of these days i'll get a publisher and put it all together but um once that whole process is done it really is i mean it's like your child you put so much yeah. time into it and nurtured it and now you want to help it grow so that's what we're going to do today we're going to help it grow a little bit and get the word out there about it because that's some of the best books ever written haven't been read because the author had no idea how to market the book. And they're like, well, I'm, I don't want to sell. I don't want to, you know, tell yeah. what you write the book for. People yeah. need to hear it. So I want to make sure people get a hold of your book, man. So, but before we get into that, one of the questions that I was thinking about when we were talking earlier before the attitude of gratitude is, you know, we're talking about putting ourselves into this mindset 
And it just got me thinking it might be completely irrelevant to the conversation, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. You know, sometimes when I'm driving down the street, and I get this from my military time when I was in the military, when we used to be in foreign countries and stuff, we always have to anticipate any possible situations, even though we practice, practice, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Any number of things can happen. So as I'm driving down the street, I'm thinking, what's going to happen if a kid randomly runs out in front of us right here with or with a, a, a you know IED or a bomb or something like that? Or you Because know, kids are just all over the place. It was one of our biggest obstacles traveling around the world uh, in these big vehicles because they're not easy to stop. And I'd still do the same thing today driving down the street. And mm. just last night, for instance, you know, I left my two boys over here. I went to an event, my wife was out, and I thought, what if something happens to me right now type yeah. of thing? You know, is everything, have I got everything in order? Yeah. Insurance, income, all this other kind of stuff. Do you think about stuff like that? And and does that take up any space in your mind? Yeah, well, you know, I've worked in insurance for 20 years. Oh, so, there uh, you go. <laughs> yeah, um, so that is on my mind. I actually just had a guy on who lost his wife, um, three little kids, and like financially, he was okay. He had, you know, he had like real estate uh, investments that just kind of kicked off income, so he didn't have to work. Um, and so he thought he was all right, and then he went through the experience and realized all the ways he wasn't. Um, and so, yeah, that's brought it even more front and center. And I, I travel a lot. So like when I'm on those planes and, um, you know, the turbulence hits or even just thought of like, well, what if, um, that always kind of brings it back to me is like, uh, you know, do I really have everything in order or even I, I do, but does my wife know where everything's at and do, mm -hmm. would she know what to do? And yeah, so that it has been on my mind quite a bit. And, um, you know, for those who listen to episode 161, you know, I almost lost my wife, um, to chronic illness, uh, in 2011, I was trying to do the math. Was that eight, just over eight years ago now. Um, and so we've had to think about her mortality a lot and I feel pretty prepared for that. Obviously not emotionally, but otherwise, mm -hmm. But mine was just sort of taken as a given, and that's that's what I've been thinking about a lot more lately. Now that she's she's in a stable place, um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we feel invincible as men, and as we get older, I'm 50 now, and you realize you're not as invincible as you I was when I was 20 and 30, yeah. and even 40. Um, but the emotional, you can't really plan for the emotional per se. No. Um, but when a family can ensure that certain things are in place so that at least financially yeah. and stability-wise, uh, insurance, income, all that kind of stuff is in place, then you know you're at least leaving them in a better place because you add complete lifestyle change yeah. To the emotions of losing somebody that you're you've lived your life with, uh, it just truly compounds on that. And it's I yeah. believe it's my responsibility. And guys, you can take that on yourself. And ladies that are listening, it's your responsibility too, to make sure that kind of stuff is in place uh, to make it much easier. My stepdad was completely one hundred percent against having any sort of thing like that in place for when he passed away. And he was, I think, 20 years older than my mom. He mm. passed away. And as soon as he did, my mom got a 401k. She got a Roth IRA. She got, she yeah. got insurance. And she got all this stuff so that when she passed away, 
it was easier on us. We didn't have to pay for the funeral. All this yeah. stuff was taken care of. And I, so I saw the differences there. And then, of course, when my dad died, actually, there was nothing. He was a, vet, he was a veteran. But literally, I mean, kind of funny story. We literally had a – he worked at the golf course. They bought the backhoe from the golf course, dug the hole. Um, mm-hmm. And then we went down to the place, the corner and stuff, and they want to, you know, give us this fancy casket, this device to lower the thing into the hole and all this other kind of stuff. And my uncle was like, you're doing a bunch of poor people over here, man. We got ropes yeah. and guys, yeah, you yeah. know, and, yeah. you know, we'll bury him in the box he's in type of thing, yeah. you know, and because it, it's expensive. It's ridiculous, yeah. you know, yeah. so take care of that stuff, guys. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So let's change subjects, man. Let's let's lift this up a little bit more. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. That stuff's extremely important. But what's your what's your new book about, man? What's come What's coming up? What do you got for us? Yeah. So um, the hardest part of the book is is the title. It's to do a day. People are like, oh, that's interesting. I can remember that. And then I tell them this one is the fifty seventy five one hundred solution. And there's a subtitle that helps, but it's build better relationships. And that's what it's really about. So the fifty seventy five one hundred solution is an approach. It's a, a mentality. It's an understanding of relationship dynamics through just kind of like our half and their half and how it all breaks apart. That's where the numbers come in. I'll mm-hmm. walk you through that. But it's ultimately like, look, we all have relationships. And I don't just mean romantic relationships. It's anything. You know, relationships with our kids or being a kid. Like everyone is that relationship, whether your parents are around or not. You're still somebody's kid. And that relationship means something to you. Um, you know, step-siblings, siblings, uh, romantic or ex-romantic relationships, whether you're married or not, coworkers, your boss, your subordinates. Uh, even just driving down the street, other drivers around you, you know, going to a store and the person checking you out or, you know, how, how do they treat you? These are all relationships and they influence how we experience life. And a lot of us struggle with them. And maybe it's the casual ones we struggle with. Maybe it's the work ones. Maybe it's the ones in our home, whether it's the home we chose as adults or the home we were born into as kids and how that evolves over time. And those relationships change and, um, Look, it, it came out of the same thing as do a day, my own struggles. Like, you know, I, I will always have things that I struggle with personally from an, ach- an achievement or a, a challenge standpoint. And that's kind of what do a day is about. But um, no matter how much I work on me, I still have these outward things about other people that, you know, some are good, some aren't. Some are easier, some are a lot harder. And, uh, you know, the power to take me down or I give them the power to take me down. And so I was like, I want that to change. I want that to be better. And I need to understand my hand in it. Because just sitting here saying they're doing this to me or why don't they just love me? Or, you know, if they could just like, if I just do this, then they'll like me better and they'll be nicer. Um, That's not really working so well. So, you know, like what are the um, more structurally and sort of for my own sake, like if whether I'm the problem or not, maybe I can still be the solution. So that's, that's kind of what, 50, 75, 100 ultimately is about whether you can remember the numbers or not. What does 50, 75, and 100 represent? All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through where the numbers come from, and then there's like a methodology for using that structural understanding to actually move things forward. So what we're talking about is take a relationship and like two of us, and whether that's like two groups or me and three others, like it, it's your the piece that you're a part of and the piece that the other side's a part of. So 50, 50. That's the first number. Like, there's two halves to the equation. 
two sides to every story. That's the easy one. Where the 75 comes in is um, the next level of understanding is each of those halves actually split in half. So there's four quarters, four mm-hmm. 25% pieces. Um, 75 is 50, you're 50 plus one of their quarters. So I'll, I'll walk you through the quarters. Basically, each of us, your half and their half, is made up of either actions or reactions. That's how we split in half again. So a quarter of the total is what I'm acting, like how I'm choosing what I'm choosing to put out there. And the other half is how I'm reacting to what I'm experiencing in life, in the relationship. And they're going through the same thing. So half of them is what they're just, you know, of their own free will choosing to put out there. And the other half is the reactions that they have to what you're putting out there. 75 comes from the fact that you got to own your half. And I don't think anyone argues with that, right? We can do better with our own half. That's in our control, not just influence, but control. Mm-hmm. But by extension, you can influence half of them because half of them comes from what you're putting out there. It shows up as their reactions. So what if you gave them something different to react to? So you, you're going to change what's going on in your half and you're going to put something else out there to get a different response from them. So now you're talking about control and influence over three quarters of the equation, 75, 75%. Mm-hmm. If you can control and influence better in three quarters of the problem, you get to 100% better. So that's the three numbers, 50, 75, and 100. The issue is, what does better mean? In some relationships, better is happy. Better is great. You know, It's supportive, it's loving. In others, better may be not bad. You know, not, I, I have a, a coworker story where a coworker was trying to get me fired and it was pretty nasty. Better was a pretty honest about this. I, I used the example in the Ted talk I did on this idea. And I was like, you know, we didn't like lock hands and go skipping off into the sunset together. That's not reality. Mm-hmm. We are not best friends. We actually were friends before she kind of turned and, and started attacking um, turns out she was covering up a serious mistake on her part and she was lying to everyone. So she got very attacky mm-hmm. with anybody who potentially could have been her downfall. Um, I, I like to just admit if I've screwed up instead of hiding it and trying to get everyone else fired. But, you know, that was her approach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was never going to be like we're best friends and we, you know, like we love spending time together and it's all fine. Like it was difficult, but we could work together. And it was productive and it was, you know, beneficial for what we were both trying to achieve rather than like duplicitous trying to cut each other, uh, you know, her, her trying to get me fired, me having to defend myself. Like that's not, that's not sustainable. So I wanted to get not just to like, well, maybe if I just don't talk to her, it'll be fine. But where we could actually work together for the betterment of the business, even if I didn't count her amongst my friends. Right. Yeah, that makes more sense, obviously, because um, I'm just thinking back to one of the more recent books that I listened to, which was um, Extreme Ownership mm-hmm. with a Jocko Willink. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they talked about in there was they had two employees, top, top employees, like their top guys that just did not get along. Yeah. And Jocko's team's advice was fire both of them. Hmm. First, go find the two to replace them. Talk to the team. I'm, we're going to replace. And I don't want to get into the whole story, especially for those of you who haven't read the book. I, I, suge- I suggest reading the book. It's a little bit combat heavy. Uh, even for me as a combat retired combat medic, mm. um, 
as far as a business book is concerned, but a lot of great lessons out of there. Um, the point is, if you're having a situation like that in your job, at your job, guys uh, and gals, you better figure that out because any good business owner, any great manager, leader is not going to allow such a toxic relationship in their organization for very long. Yeah. Yeah, you know most do though. That that's that's, what that's the me. unfortunate yeah. thing. Yeah. Being a business and marketing strategist, I see it all the time, and I'm like, you know, John, you got to fire this guy. Well, he's my brother-in-law. I can yeah. care less. You've been yeah, yeah. paying the guy for years, and he's not doing anything for the organization but causing yeah. problems, taking money. Yeah, yeah, I see it all the time too. Yeah, and yeah. That simple yeah, and, thing. And what's the what's yeah. the poison that they're putting out in the well for everybody else? Right. Yeah, they're not you helping know. exactly that. That's yeah. you're that relation that one relationship toxic relationship or one toxic person regardless of who it is is the bad apple for the entire organization get rid of that one yeah. and you'll see amazing changes yeah uh, because you're setting a precedence you're saying i care more about the the organization and the people in it than i do this one person or these two yeah. people yeah no i totally agree and i think um it's really easy to look at you know like a top performer who's who's uh bad for the organization you know is is bad to other people is uh just does it culturally is is a negative um it's really easy to focus on what they are doing and say well you know how are we going to give that up yeah Yeah. and not realizing like maybe everyone can just sort of deal with it really Mm -hmm. think about like so they might be doing a hundred thousand in business a month and everyone else is doing twenty thousand less than they would if that person wasn't making life miserable Mm-hmm. or stealing from them or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Well, how many people are giving up 20k? And it's like, oh, you may find actually it was like 400,000 in upside by getting rid of this person. You know, and and you're underestimating the downside that they're having and you're probably overestimating the pain of replacing them. Yeah. Cuz the organization will rise up and thrive. Absolutely. And that's I've seen it time and time again you that hesitation those. and and then once you do it it's like, oh, I, you know, we should have done that. Everyone was right. I should have listened. <laughs> Yeah. It's not easy. I like it's I take not. that. No, it is not easy, not. but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Yeah. I've heard the terms, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. I kind of caveat that in that if it's a new employee, it's somebody that has to be nurtured and you have to properly train them. As a leader, you can't just say, well, they don't know what they're doing. Well, because it was your responsibility to make sure they knew what they yeah. were doing. But yeah. if they're consistently, you know, if it's a consistent pattern, then you just got to make that quick adjustment. Now, yeah. what is, what you know, the TED Talk and everything else you have going on, what are the... Um, What's coming out of it? What are the great stories? What's the feedback you're getting from the project so far? Because it's more than just the book. It's you've been working on this stuff for some time. And what is the effects of this having on personal relationships and relationships within organizations? Yeah. Um, So there's a a number of ways that I've been using this regardless of the book not being out yet. Um, First of all, the most telling is actually I'm still married. So that's um, that's where this all like it became an imperative for me to do the work that led to understanding the approach. And we talked through the math, but there's actually tools behind it. That's like, well, that's great to understand my half and their half, and I can influence and you know whatever your numbers mean, Brian. But how? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm sitting here and being like, oh, I want to be destructive. Like, I want this to end horribly. Like, people generally would rather things are good and happy and supportive and productive. 
Um, the question is how. And so that's that's where the book really gets into the meat is the tools behind that. And it was my own journey in my relationship with my wife, which was difficult. Like we were, you know, in the, the wake of her illness, we both fell into these roles. And, um, you know, I talk about this really openly and do a day. I was not the husband she needed when she was at her, her lowest point physically and, and when she was facing not surviving. And why is that? Because I was struggling. I, you know, I wasn't sleeping around. I wasn't doing drugs. Like, I wasn't doing uh, overtly bad things. But what I wasn't doing is standing by her because I, I have a lot of anxiety issues from my own past. And I never dealt with them. And they totally came to a head then. And so when she was needing me to be there for her, I was reacting to everything's falling apart. And I'm spiraling out of control. And I can't take this. And you're going to be fine. Stop talking that way. You know, you're, you know. Um, you're making it worse by being so negative, whatever it is, um, snapping instead of just hearing her and standing with her, you know, yeah. and that's like the scariest moment she's ever faced was that whole several month ordeal. Um, and yeah, I wasn't, I'm, I'm shaking my head and thinking, um, about the, that time of my marriage. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing, you know, I just imagine myself sit, us having this conversation in front of a group of men and seeing a bunch of North and South, uh, if they're being honest with themselves. And yeah. I'm talking to you listeners, you're probably sitting there thinking, yep, there was a time, if not right now, there was a time. And if it is right now, I'm hoping you're listening to this and taking heed because I've been there as well. Yeah. And look, you don't, you know, maybe you don't want to admit it. Maybe you're afraid of your kids finding out or, or whatever. I, I get that. Um, Regardless of how it ends up, it needs to it needs to be better. You know, you need like um, uh, conscious uncoupling, like Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin, that they, you know, and everyone kind of made fun of them for the term. Actually, I'm a big fan of that. If you can do that, if you can realize, like, look, we can't actually be together. This is not a relationship in that respect. But we're still parents. We still have these kids. We should still be able to coexist without hating each other i mean like my you know my parents divorce was not good they're actually great now like we just had a big family dinner at my mother's house my father and stepmother were there and that's like rewind 20 years uh-uh mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good reasons why it couldn't have worked 20 years and why it is working now there's different like my stepfather's a different stepfather than i had back then and my mother's changed and you know blah 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 but um God, I wish as a kid I didn't have to experience the nastiness of the divorce. Like, they shouldn't be together. I'm good with that. I don't mm -hmm. want, you know, some people are like, oh, I wish my parents would stay married. I don't. That is the right answer for them not to be together. But I had some just terrible, terrible experiences as a little kid with the two of them hating each other and living that outwardly. You know, like, right. what if you could avoid that? And then bringing you into the middle of the whole thing. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. I've seen it. All the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I dealt yeah. with it, too. My parents got divorced when I was a teenager. Uh, yeah. And it was the worst thing to me at the time. And I hated, and with a capital H, my yeah. stepdad. Uh, now realizing, you know, and even for many years realizing that that was the best thing my mother could have ever done. Um, yeah. It She... She became creative. I never knew she was a creative person, mm. you know, because she, she was, it was just a stressful environment living with my dad, who was a big yeah. kid and didn't, you know, long, long story, but it ended up being good, but not tracking. Yeah. Same thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my marriage is, um, we're still married and, it, and it's not just because we, uh, tolerate each other. Um, 
so that's a huge piece of it. And we got tons more work to do, and that's yeah. okay because everything to me, like I don't, I don't believe in them. Like, oh, we're good now; it's all done. Mm-hmm. Um, life's a journey, and you grow and change. And you know, she's changed as a person; I've changed, and um, I want to keep going on that journey. So, you know, that's first and foremost for me. And for my son's sake, like, you know, obviously he would like everything to be cool. So that's a big piece of it. But then, um, you know, as I went through this self-work, I started to learn things. And as I'm coaching people, I'm hearing about their relationship issues. And I'm like, you know, this is resonating with what I'm learning for myself and for my own understanding about how to make things better. And I'm starting to apply it and it's working really well for me. There's something to this. So I start sharing some of the, like I was studying, I started studying Buddhism um, and I learned a number of ways to look at things and to relate to people and to understand myself and um, what the possibilities are. And so I started sharing that and, it, and I find in that, oh, like, you know, my clients who forget like their uh, their relationship with their spouse, it's about their boss or their co-founder or their employee or their whatever. Um, you know, I, did, I was doing a lot of like career kind of and, and business coaching and executive coaching and the same principles are working there. And, you know, there's one, there's two co-founders. I was coaching one of them of this startup. And, I mean, it could not have been any more oil and water. And the one I was coaching had some serious rage issues from a very violent childhood. And, you know, he's like, and I just, I want to punch him so badly. And just, I'm not just punching him. He's like describing what he wants to occur from those punches. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, his skull. and, And I'm like, and he means it. And so to have them in a different place, like, they're really different people. I, they're, you know, they're not ultimately right for each other, but their business is thriving because they know how to work together now. And a big part of it was addressing just this whole relationship and, and recognizing what the dynamic is. And you can't break the other person into liking you being different, you know, any of that stuff, that's just not going to work. So it's, it's about changing the perspective and, you know, on and on into these other relationships, whether it's with friends or different situations I was facing, and I start to see all this change. And that's not to say I'm this enlightened, perfect person with all good relationships. I get plenty of tough moments, but I understand them differently, and I have a different set of tools to apply to them, either in the moment or as I look back afterward, I'm like, wow, that was not how it could have gone, and I could have done better, so now I know how to fix it, and I do. That's brilliant. Absolutely love it. It's all about the outcome, guys. You know, um, it, the difficult part about doing like what you're doing, Brian, and I've found this because I've been working with a couple other different coaches as we were talking pre-show. They have yeah. brilliant tools and brilliant strategies. They One thing they're missing is how to share that with the people that they want to work with. Basically, mm-hmm. one word, marketing. They just don't know how to package that and put it out there. Um, because ultimately that's what people want, exactly what you just expressed in your personal relationship and in a business relationship. Uh, you know, I don't have to always like the people I work with. You don't always have that luxury. You should at least yeah. like the person you're living with. <laughs> but the people you're working so. with is different. It, it yeah. is different. And quite frankly, sometimes the people that compliment you are assholes to say, the, yeah. you know, or yeah, maybe yeah. you're the asshole, you yeah. know, but you're very good at what you do. You know, it goes back to that whole that whole thing. But learning how to have that relationship, that symbiotic relationship where it works and we can still be productive, that's extremely important. That's so powerful, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, brother, we are going to close yeah. this up, man. Before we do, what did, what did we not already talk about? Do you want to ensure that our 
uh, Men of Abundance get out of this conversation and how can we get a hold of your book and more about what you're doing? Yeah. Um, so I want to hit on the three principles that get to the how and, uh, and invite people to explore them. So the, there's three things that let you, you know, figure out how to control your half and influence half of the other person. And it's these three Buddhist ideas. So the first is happiness seeking. This is the, the idea that we all just seek to be happy. Like we don't get up to ruin life for other people. We want something and maybe that person's in the way. But understanding that helps you feel less attacked and threatened. And it also helps you see what is it you need to appeal to to help the other person, you know, to influence how they're behaving in the relationship. So happiness seeking is the first. And that's that's really the most important. The next is interdependence. It's how we no one just exists in and of themselves. We exist in relation to other things, other people, other situations. That's why, like, you know, you can have a bully who has friends. Um, you can have someone who's a jerk to you and nice to someone else or, you know, nice to you in one minute and mean to you in the other. You know, that's why, like, we fight with people we love. So recognizing that you change the person or you change the situation, you get a different reaction. You get a different interaction, different relationships. So that's kind of like, look, there is a mechanism to make this change happen. And lastly is impermanence is everything changes. That's the only permanent thing in the world is change. So the fact that you now know maybe what's operating within them, what you need to appeal to and change your interpretation of their behavior, you know that that change will make the relationship different through the interconnectedness. Like you change something, it's going to happen differently. And because of impermanence, it gives you hope that actually everything changes. So they're not always going to be terrible to you, always and forever. You just need to know how to bring about that change. So those are the three tools, concepts behind the whole idea. Um, and if people go to 5075100.com, usually send people to my own website, but that's for the book. You can get the book there. You can learn a little bit more about it, but you can also watch the TED Talks. If you have, I think it's like 13 minutes and 10 seconds, something like that. It's less than 15 minutes. You can get the gist of the idea. And if that interests you, grab the book. It's uh, it's coming out November 19th, and I'm selling it for 99 cents in the pre-order on Kindle. So easy way to grab it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an easy thing to take in that I know everybody needs because we all have relationships. Like even if you're a hermit, you still got relationships. They're just inside of you with, with exactly. your past. And maybe that's why you're a hermit. Yeah. So, even yeah, if, I mean, I even it, if it's it with your other alter egos, you still have a relationship. Yeah, you definitely need to get along with them because you're <laughs> stuck with them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got one question for you uh, for that sure. may lead to others. But, you know, so change. My thought process is, is that I, you know, I used to think that mm. I cannot change another person. I now know better because of the yeah. training that I personally have. Yeah. Um, that I can, I can in fact change another person. Um, other people out there saying, no, can't do it. How you can't change anybody else. I can only react the way I'm going to react to the situation, which yeah. may or may not change the behavior or even the mindset of the mm -hmm. other person or group of people that I'm have, you know, having to work with or live with. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I kind of want to say I fit in the middle, but um, I'd say I, I think we'd end up in the same place. I just might say it differently. So, um, in my own coaching work, I say explicitly, I don't change people. I, like I don't change you. I help you change yourself, and I mm -hmm. think that's the key. Is 
you know, you'll notice when I talked about moving from 50 to 75, I don't say control over three quarters. Mm -hmm. I say control and influence because you cannot control them. And I think that's part of the problem for a lot of us is we want control Mm -hmm. or we think it's stuck because we can't just do it. We can't just control them. Well, you can't. You do have influence over them. They ultimately have to be the one to change. But man, that influence can be really strong Mm -hmm. and you can guide them there and they may not even realize it. And so they will find themselves in a place where change is the only possibility. So, and I found that with people who are, you know, like this coworker, like vehemently opposed to my existence and doing everything in her power to try to get me taken out. She moved to a completely different place and it wasn't because the boss told her to. It's because I interacted with her totally differently than what she ever would have expected and realized I can help save her not get her fired. Mm. Um, and so that's where, like, did I change her? You could argue that. I think I gave her no choice but to change by mm-hmm. showing her a totally different path. And, um, you know, so I, maybe it's, a, it's, it's the same thing, but maybe it's, it's more of a um, kind of a, a symbiotic view on it. That, that influence is really powerful. So there really is going to be no choice but for that change to happen. But I still I still sit the control in the other person's hands. And I think it's helpful for us to recognize that so then we don't feel so let down uh, either in ourselves or in our expectations of others when we think like, well, I did this. Why didn't you do that? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's not that simple. It's not. It's a learned skill and it takes a lot of practice. Uh, yeah. And it is very much possible. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that, man. And thanks for thanks for your perspective on that. It's super important to that's part of the reason why, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're doing here that I do here on Men of Abundance, a lot of the conversations, quite frankly, we like you said, they all end up at the same result. But it's how it's expressed. It's how it's done. It's it's the experiences that make the difference that maybe one of these episode episodes will resonate with that right person with you, mm. you know, the listener and everybody else. It's it. That's why it's so important to consume so many different types of content and information uh, so that you can find that one thing that's going to help you move forward in that part of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Wonderful, man. So we are going to have uh, your website linked up in the show notes, um, and I'll, that's, I'll just have that one link there, guys, because I want you to go to Brian's site to take a look at the book, to watch the TED Talk. Everything you need to do will be right there on that link. So make sure you check out the show notes at Men of Abundance. Just search Brian Falchuk and it'll all be there. And you'll also find episode 161. Highly encourage you to go back and listen to that one uh, because that one got really deep. That was one of the ones that really touched me. Uh, Brian, it's been a pleasure talking with you again. Personally, we've been bouncing back and forth on email. I look forward to talking with you on Friday to uh, get onto your show. And uh, super excited about uh, sharing my story with your listeners. It's going to be awesome, Ollie. I can't wait. Excellent. So, brother, go out, live your life of abundance, man. Keep paying it forward like you are because you are doing it in such a huge way, and I really dig it, man. It's making a big difference. Oh, thanks, Wally. You too, man. My pleasure. That's a wrap. Cool. Hey, I've got this recorded on this end, too, if if you need my audio or anything. Okay, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. I appreciate it. I'll put that in my notes. Uh, awesome, yeah, but, man. but so far so good. It was all good. Cool. I pre- hey, this is the first one I've done on the book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good yeah, deal, I've man. Been, always been talking about do a day, so I just started doing these. Good. So thank you, thank you for guinea pigging. For sure, man. For yeah. sure, and I'll make sure that I 
get you plugged in here and um, get you out sooner than later. Actually, would you like it to go out before the launch or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if that's possible. Let me yeah. push you forward. I'm because uh, I'm I'm literally, I've got episodes that aren't even aren't even edited yet that won't go out until a couple months from now, man. Yeah. I'm just uh, it's ridiculous. If but, you um, can, that's awesome. Yeah, let me push I you out. Too easy, man. Awesome. I appreciate All right, brother. It. I'll cool. talk to you on I'll Friday. I'll talk to you Friday, man. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Listen, I greatly appreciate you sticking around to the end of the conversation for those of you who do. And just for doing so, I want to offer you something that I've never done before. I want to offer you a 30-minute conversation with me for whatever it is that you want to talk about. Whether it's living a life of abundance, paying it forward, being grateful for things that you currently have in your life today on your way to having more, or if you're a business owner and you want to seriously increase your revenue over the next 12 months, anything of that nature, I would love to have a conversation with you. And seriously, this is literally just right off the cuff. As I'm here closing out this episode and recording this, it just popped into my head to offer this to those of you who stick around to the very end. And to book that 30-minute call with me, all you have to do is get onto my scheduler. The easiest way to do that is to click on the schedule link in the show notes of this episode. I'll title it 30-minute call with Wally, and there'll be a link right there. Now, if for some reason you cannot get into the show notes and click on that link, I'm going to share with you the URL. It's https colon slash slash wallycarmichael.as.me slash discovery. wallycarmichael.as.me slash discovery. I look forward to having a conversation with you. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.